We ready? <laughs> wow, what the hell was that? I just had to get it out of the way, so I that didn't do it. sounded like a gunshot in my ears. Good lord. Yeah, that was kind of scary. That was, a cough. that was a cough. COVID is dangerous, everyone. Get vaccinated. <laughs> that was just, uh, just, you know, just a manly cough. What can I say? I cough hard. <laughs> cough hard. California. Keeping up with the Coens, an OC rewatch podcast. Hello and welcome back to Keeping Up with the Coens. This is episode two of season two of the OC on our OC rewatch journey. Keeping up with the Coens is, of course, presented by Balls Energy Drink. <laughs> we love balls. My name is Ryan Drake, and I am uh, <laughs> located in beautiful Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, on a gorgeous evening. I would like to say, I would like to begin this week. By saying hello and welcome to our helium queen, the funniest person on this podcast, <laughs> and the only person that continues to record via Zoom, Chelsea Trinidad. Hello, Chelsea. How are you? I mean, I'll take it. I know that I'm getting clowned right now, but I probably deserve it. For whatever reason, my garage band recording setup and the fancy microphone I got, um, because Dylan had one and I wanted to be just <laughs> like him, so I even got the same <laughs> little cover. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, it, it has worked yeah. maybe one third of the time. So that's why I'm always fuzzing me. That's me like, oh, I want to be just like Dylan, and suddenly my life fell apart. That's, that that's, yeah. It, there are so many rats <laughs> like working this body. It's, In my it's defense, a lot harder than Ryan like, has like an 80s microphone that he holds underneath his chin all night. That just looks exhausting. <laughs> Uh, oh, I come like yeah, coming from like stand up comedy, I have to like hold the microphone or else it drives me crazy. I can't like continually be leaning in to talk. So, also oh, sitting down. But it kind of gives your hands something to do. I this is funny, but I I I was just in Cabo for a wedding, and um I I like I don't really drink that much anymore. Um, and we got pretty lit during the wedding or the day before the wedding. Um, so I was just me and my husband and his boss. We were all just ridiculously hungover. So it's like we're trying to enjoy this wedding, but like everyone goes out on the dance floor and like if you don't have a drink in your hand, you kind of have no idea what to do with your hands. Mm -hmm. But it was really Ooh. convenient because we were in Cabo and the party favor for everyone was this really cool maraca. So I Ooh. just grabbed the maracas I saw and suddenly not only did I have a percussive device that I was, you know, moving and dancing with, but then my hands were <laughs> occupied. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome back to Oklahoma. Thank you. Uh, a lot of big. I actually let me say, let me let me go back. I'm sorry, I didn't officially introduce <laughs> our third. I know it was driving him crazy. Hey, I'm I'm our new newly vaccinated, Dylan. So I'm I'm so chill right now. You guys don't even understand. Yeah, health check. We're all we all have uh, we've all been vaccinated now. We're recording this in early March, and we've all been vaccinated. I'm proud. Yeah, of that. Well, I, I love you, Fauci. We can do well. I did one too, but actually, next week when we record, I will have just gotten my second and will probably be passed out. But so look forward to that. That's an Easter egg for next week. We uh we were talking in our in our text group before we started recording that this is gonna kind of be like an interesting social experiment for anyone who's afraid of the vaccine. Which why would you be? Because science is real. But if you are for some reason. Let it be known that this episode that you are listening to right now, I literally got vaccinated two hours ago. It's my first dose. Next week, as Ryan said, he will have gotten his second dose. So he'll be able to, you know, I guess to see that we're not actually turning into lizards. 
um, that we're healthy, <laughs> that we feel great. So this is a Provax by the podcast. End of, no, by the end of the season two, every everything we do would be like presented by Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Which reminds yeah. me, I just you know Bill Gates, man, he's really doing a whole lot for uh, for for the community. Holler um, at us, Bill Gates. We need sponsors. All right, um, Dylan, welcome back, new Dylan. Thank you, thank Hello. you. I wanted, I want you all to both know that I, both I and Leslie, Leslie watched these episodes with me. We both exclaimed whenever Seth did his whole "I'm new, new Seth. Seth." Oh, I have because notes. I didn't remember that, and so I'm realizing that with the amount of hate that I get on this podcast and the amount of hate that I give myself, I, I really think that. I think I am becoming the Seth of this podcast, and so I'm going to have to cancel myself, and I'm going to be gone um, by the time uh, season three rolls around. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that's what's going to happen. Boy, we can only hope. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's get into yeah, it. Let's get right. into uh, episodes episodes three and four of season two of The O.C., starting with episode number three, The New Kids on the Block. Great band. New Kids on the Block featured Sandy Cohen on screen for seven minutes and 44 seconds. Dylan, what else do we need to know about NKOTB? NKOTB originally aired on November 18th, 2004. I'm always thrown off that all of these summary episodes aired in November. To 7.42 million viewers, and this was written by Stephanie Savage. So, happy International Women's Day, Stephanie Savage. Uh-oh, everyone. <laughs> Seth gets a job at the bake shop and, it turn, and turns to his boss for advice on how to rebuild his relationship with Summer. Ryan has a series of mishaps. I love that. Ryan has a series of mishaps <laughs> with a new classmate, Lindsay, and they become lab partners and share some romantic chemistry. Meanwhile, Caleb's legal issues threaten to leave Sandy and Kirsten unemployed. So I have this broken down into uh, various plot lines. We are introduced to Lindsay Gardner. Uh, for the first time ever, we 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 see Lindsay. Uh, we get to know Lindsay. Weird intro for Lindsay. Usually, yeah. when they introduce new characters, it's like, oh, this is somebody. Like someone introduces them. I feel like, like anytime there's a new character, she, they're like a friend of somebody. Lindsay just shows up, and she's the only person in the scene, which I thought was really strange for someone that we didn't know. Mm -hmm. She just shows up to the parking lot. There she is. Um, she's driving a weird car again, just like Teresa. Ryan has a type <laughs> ant car. <laughs> Well, they came in hot with like trying to get us to know who she is because it wasn't just any weird car. Like that car was covered in like bumper stickers. I have a rundown oh, of the bumper boy. stickers. <laughs> Two free Tibet bumper stickers. Uh, a global warming about an anti-global warming bumper sticker. Uh, PETA. Um, one that just says attack Iraq. I don't think so. Wow. And finally, last but not least, my favorite. Um, the Carrie Edwards 04 bumper sticker on the back of her car, which I'm not going to lie to you, I completely forgot John Edwards existed as oh, a person. He was, yeah. The only reason I remember him is because he looks so much like Andrew Jackson's portrait on the $20 bill that it made me physically uncomfortable. Oh my God. I'm pretty sure, like, years after that election, he was busted, like, soliciting prostitutes. I'm almost no, certain. Wasn't I'm, he I'm the guy? Didn't, didn't he have, like, a, a girl on the side that was his, like, it, or am I getting that was John Edwards? John, okay, I, I okay. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. John yeah, Edwards. I thought you were talking about John Kerry. No, 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 no. Everyone likes John Kerry. I'm talking about John Edwards because yeah. he was, he oh, was yeah. cheating on his lovely wife with his videographer or something, and she just had like a really mm. slutty name. It was like Riel or something like that that she clearly made up. Um, it's when his wife was going through cancer treatment. No offense to any of our listeners <laughs> named Riel, by the way. Yeah. 
Well, I'm coming for oh you. We don't gosh. need you. You guys. Yeah. Wow, Chelsea's threatened by Riel, the fake listener. <laughs> I, <laughs> I uh, I actually think it's been in production, like pre-production, for the longest time. But word on the street was for the longest time, Aaron Sorkin was going to be making a movie about John Edwards called The Politician. So we might be able to get to see Riel in real life. Riel live. Oh, damn it. Oh, uh, I was I was so looking forward to editing that out, but that was too good of an ending. You really nailed the landing. Uh, so Lindsay rolls up in her car and I wrote that she's dressed like a McDonald's manager. <laughs> she, was, she was way too overdressed for high school. Like the full like button down note not tucked in with like the like khakis. I don't know. It's really funny that you mentioned that outfit because that was my like there was no remarkable outfits in this episode, which is the exact opposite no. of the next one. But we'll get to that. Oh, my God. Um, but I was just thinking to myself, like I it, as cringy as her outfit is like the very like, you know, button down like blouse if you will. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not fancy enough to be a blouse. It's basically like the women's version of like what a guy would wear with a tie under a suit and like, Oh God, that's cringe. Who would wear that other than like, you know, a, a weird mom. But now I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure I had oh, like weird. five shirts just like it. So I don't know what was going on in the ops. That was a weird time for some reason that was a part of everyone's wardrobe. I'm not really sure why. She dresses like a cute Chili's hostess. <laughs> yeah. I will say I really like Lindsay. Actually, I I used to not like her when these like when I would watch like this season of the OC. I used to like not really care about her, mm-hmm. but like getting to know her again as an adult, I really like her. I think she's great. She was kind of fun. Um, I'll super- I'll let you kind of talk about what she says to Ryan right off the bat. But I found that monologue to be kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she meets Ryan officially when they are Ryan and Seth are getting coffee. Um, Ryan beats the shit out of Lindsay. <laughs> Basically, mm-hmm. he. Turns around, spills her coffee on her, and then tries to get her napkins and elbows her in the nose, yeah. um, which is, I guess, hilarious. Um, but they have some, but they, but they have a really good kind of vibe going. Like Lindsay's, Lindsay's cool. She's a good character. She's very much like a combination of Ryan and Seth, like kind of an outsider, but also very witty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so like a Gilmore I'm, I'm Girls a, character. De- oh yeah, that's actually yeah, that's yeah, that's a great comparison. I hate that I've already given you two compliments. <laughs> vaccine, baby. Yeah, dude, dude, vaccine, Dylan is really cool. <laughs> I like him a lot. Science, Dylan. Um, we also see when they are at high school getting coffee at this fancy coffee shop. Ryan meets Lindsay. We also see that there's just flyers laying around because the Walkmen are playing a brand new club that's opening up at the pier. It's called the Bait Shop. Oh, baby. We will we will uh, get to know the Bait Shop quite well over the next two seasons, I believe. But the bait shop is opening. They have a really terrible flyer. Um, graphic design is my passion, is what it looks like. Uh, <laughs> is that an Walkman are playing there? Uh, Chelsea, is that an invitation or is it a flyer? Uh-huh, very fun. I, I would call that a flyer, personally. I, I also want you to know my only note on that was, you know who loves the Walkman? Which was the quote from the episode. And I just wrote, not Chelsea. No! Because I still remember... Yeah. I was we didn't get to get into. It. I remember you said that, and I was going to talk about him, and then I didn't when we did the music episode. I fucking love the Walkman, man. I they were such a big even before the OC. They I was a big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually, what I think is really interesting, they headlined one of the Norm Music Festivals, like like 2011 or 12. They headlined. Norm I remember oh. it was like one of the first years. Oh wait, no, it was it was a, never mind. What I I'm getting confused because I feel like one of the first years was like me and Dylan's first year of college, right? Yeah, Norm first year was yeah. seven was the yeah. first year I believe. The Walkman headline in 2010, which was a great time. I got to meet them and interview them, and I was a big fan. And shout out to the Walkman. I like them. 
Hamilton Lighthouser is their lead singer, and he's still releasing solo music that's very, very good. He released Ooh. the record last year. Um, so they're going, everyone's planning on going to the Walkman. I wrote The Universe is bringing Ryan and Lindsay together because he shows up to his chemistry class, and there's only one seat available, and it's directly next to Lindsay. Uh-oh. And he, uh-oh, everyone. Uh-oh, everyone. He hits her again, and they get into this weird kind of, like, it, it seems like it's just kind of cute, flirty argument, kind of, but then Lindsay literally says something that I thought was rude, kind of rude, where she goes, we don't need to speak to each other again. And I was like, damn, Lindsay. Yeah. Can we Can we also take the time to talk about one of my new favorite side characters in the OC, and that is uh, R.E. Greenberg, the oh chemistry my gosh. teacher. I wrote a note about that, too. Why did he introduce him? Like, I, I don't think they've ever, like, <laughs> just given us a full name for no reason. But he says, yeah, for, first I'm of all, your physics teacher, R.E. Greenberg. <laughs> yeah. yeah, physics. First, first of all, teachers walk in, and they say, my name is Mr. Greenberg, and they slowly write it on the board. Also, this wasn't, this wasn't the first day of school, also, right? Like, no, that's, that's a good like point. Lindsay, it's yeah. Lindsay, I believe it's Lindsay's first day. Like, she transferred on a, just a random day after school had already started. <laughs> and, uh, and the teacher's introducing himself to everyone. I don't know. He does it every day. I like to think he walks in every day and says, Hi, I'm Ari Greenberg. I'm your physics teacher. And, does, and then he assigns people um, their partner. I wrote that too. I, yeah. That's what I wrote was that like, I never had randomly assigned partners in high school. That was not a thing that happened to me. No way. Yeah. No, I feel like they make you do that in elementary school because they're trying to force you to like get out of your shell. But they don't do that in high school. Yeah. They yeah, say they say no partner way. up. Um, anyway, uh, next time you see Ryan, he is headed to the bait shop with Seth to get tickets to the Walkman. He does not know what CBGB is, which I feel like is on brand for Ryan. They mm-hmm. we see the bait shop for the first time, and again, watching as an adult, I'm really thrown because they just walk in to a completely empty music venue. They just walk inside, and we meet Alex. We'll get to Alex later when we're talking about Seth. Oh, um, go ahead. I maybe we can maybe we save this for Seth, but. Again, I'm watching this with Leslie, who is much more observant than I am. And she immediately says, how old is Alex? To which Alex, of course, responds at some point that she's 17. Mm-hmm. How, how is she working at the bait shop at 17 as like a pretty high up person, it seems like? She yeah, she seems like she's running it and she's a bartender. I don't even know if it's legal in some states to serve alcohol unless you're a certain age um and she just carries herself with so much like confidence i mean you know we all laugh at like how Teresa seems so ridiculously out of place and out of high school but like i mean how how is that not even physically but just the way she carries herself how is she possibly well that's because she's from corona that's why she carries herself (laughs) she has donny energy yeah and maybe that there's like a corona exception for businesses that you you get to be more powerful in your line actually of work yeah donnie donnie was the manager at the crab shack and he was from corona now alex is the manager uh-huh. at the bait shop She's uh-huh. from corona. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just breeding young the young leaders of america are coming from <laughs> corona so along those same lines um actually the final two actresses to play marissa were misha barton and olivia wilde um, oh. And they actually decided to go with Nisha Barton because they thought that Olivia Wilde came off as too um, strong and confident and independent. <laughs> and Marissa needed to be more emotionally unstable. So in an alternate universe, their careers mm-hmm. switched and Mar- and Misha Barton is now dating Harry Styles. Yes. Wow. Basically. Like... Well, and it all kind of connects. Whoa. Remember on that, that one of the early episodes, Marissa tells Seth that she's into punk rock and like actually knows all of her stuff, and he's really impressed. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, well, we'll get to, we'll talk more about Alex when we talk about Seth. But um, they get tickets to go to this concert. 
Lindsay and we're at back. So we're back in high school now. Lindsay did the entire lab report. Um, Ryan shows up, says I'm ready to work. She says I did it all. She also thinks that I guess she thinks Ryan like plays water polo. She brought it up. We Ryan immediately uh, narks on Lindsay to our to our teacher who I can't remember his name already. Ari, whatever. So Ryan narks on her and says she did all the work and like I, which is an insane thing to do, but whatever. Um, he gives them more work to do. So now they have to make weekend plans because they're going to have to work on this new project together. There was some weird dialogue during this part of the scene that I actually had to listen to twice to make sure I understood it. I think at one point when Ryan is trying to be like, no, I'm an outsider too. Don't worry. We can be outsiders together. I don't, I'm not who you think I am. And I think he said at one point, I got here the same way. You know, I came here for the same reasons you did, or I got here the same way you did. And Lindsay says something like, oh, so you were assaulted by a member of the water polo team. And I listened to that and I was like, and Ryan just like skated right over it. And I was like, did Lindsay just say that she transferred because she was assaulted by a member of the water polo team at her old school? No, no, no. She, Lindsay thinks, Lindsay, Lindsay thinks that Ryan is on the water polo team. Like I said, and he yes. assaulted yeah. her in the, when they were getting coffee. And so then she brought it up and said, I, like, were you assaulted by a member of the water polo? And then Ryan references Luke by saying, actually, yeah, I was. And I got to know him and he's a pretty good dude. Yeah, I loved that line of di- that bit because of that line of dialogue. He was like, actually, I was assaulted by the captain of the water polo team and was a great guy. Like, that was really cool. I just, Luke, he oh. is a great guy. I miss him. What's he doing? Dude, if Luke was in this episode, let's do that. If Luke was in this episode, he would have... Um, he would have got blackout drunk. He would have got blackout drunk at the Walkman show and like tried to hook up with like five girls. Let's be real. Which one's Walkman? <laughs> <laughs> so they make weekend plans to to work on this project together. Um, but the next time we see Ryan, he is uh, he has gone to the concert with Seth, which I didn't fully understand why he went to the concert with Seth. Seth's stamping hands at the door. We'll get to that in a little bit. But he goes outside and he runs into Marissa, who has not played a very big role in this episode so far. Um, but he runs into Marissa outside and they kind of share a moment where it feels like they're kind of maybe going to become friends again. Marissa. Marissa, in these two episodes, this is the most compelling two episodes to prove not only that she lives outside, but she has a new bench that she lives on now. <laughs> like, oh, she is legitimately... 90% of the shots of Marissa in these two episodes, she is sitting on that bench or standing by that bench to make sure no other people try and take her space. She does have this very bizarre staring into the distance, does not blink, like, I'm on a lot of pills vibe. <laughs> Ryan and Marissa have a moment outside where they basically, they kind of um, do this cool thing where they compare and contrast their relationship to Seth and Summers like are they star-crossed lovers are they meant to be or is it just too complicated for them to figure it out it's just like oh it hit me in the face with more metaphors we also get a shout out to Journey from Ryan but it feels like they're kind of good it feels like they're on the same page I don't think he he didn't ask about DJ yet in the next episode DJ comes back and plays a bigger part I think that they wanted to establish in this scene that they are making efforts to be cordial they're not like angry or having animosity towards each other they're still you know kind and caring and are, know that they're going to be around each other um exactly Lindsay outfit update whenever she's back at school um so the, the the last thing we really see of them is they're back at school on a saturday which i thought was strange um mm-hmm. you can just go to school on saturday and work there i guess this was their big weekend thing 
um and Lindsay, i wrote Lindsay is dressed like elizabeth holmes who i have a very big crush on <laughs> the, the woman from theranos i love her um but Lindsay is you just... see me now you guys would see me oh, pinching yeah. my fingers together dude i fucking i have a weird obsession with her but the two Lindsay is dressed like she's dressed like elizabeth holmes and they are they're having like a flirty moment where they kind of are getting to know each mm-hmm. other all of a sudden ryan snaps into like fun flirty guy and is like stealing her paper from her and like almost like tickling her right as marissa walks in to see them marissa's gone to try and find ryan because she wants to talk to her hang out with him and so marissa mm-hmm. as as par for the course on the oc marissa sees him so, doing something with another girl so ryan made a joke and i only caught it because of the subtitles and it was actually a legitimately funny joke he made fun of Lindsay's spelling and Lindsay comes back and says oh i spelled it the it's the canadian spelling i spelled it the canadian way and ryan comes back and says oh you're using the canadian spelling a eh? and i was like good job so ryan. Like ryan ryan got just a had a joke moment in. of like being not ryan and it was just the same moment of course that marissa walked in and sees him um, but I know Marissa and or Ryan and Lindsay are, are vibing and I'm here for it. So that's how we oh, leave yeah. them. I want to, before we get to Seth Summer and Marissa and Zach, I want to talk about the adults because again, I don't fully understand what's happening with the adults as I almost never do. Yeah. We see, we know that Caleb went to jail at the end of the last episode or he was arrested at the end of the last episode. This one mm-hmm. starts with uh, Sandy picking Caleb up from jail. I guess Caleb had to spend a whole <laughs> night in jail, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Sandy didn't bail him out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Sandy makes a very obvious reference to his, like his job. He still has the job because I was wondering, like, is he still at the same? He's still at the same firm that he was at when Rachel, like, in season mm-hmm. one. R.I.P. Rachel. So Sandy's still working at his fancy law firm, and he also tells Caleb, like, you know, the right thing to do is to put Kirsten in charge. Let Kirsten run shit. So next time we see them, literally, almost nothing happened in this scene, but I think it's worth mentioning just because it didn't make part of this doesn't make sense in the context of the storyline. We see Caleb at the Cohen's house with Kirsten and Sandy. Julie shows up, I guess unannounced, talks about how she just left her seaweed wrap to uh, to come <laughs> to come see them because Caleb's out of jail now. And she says, like, I want to help. Put me to work. What can I do? And Caleb basically just says, like, you can be my intern. Basically, essentially, like, go get me food. Go get and me coffee. coffee and muffins. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to need some food at the house. Not very forward thinking. But like we people. don't but the reason I mentioned that and I mentioned if you mentioned that scene because I think nothing really happened there was that whenever she become he promotes her later, like we don't see how or why or like what happened. Like how he went from be my go get food to like, oh you're gonna run the company. Like yeah. I don't understand why he changed his mind. Yeah, and he doesn't really even give a good explanation. Like I think later he says that it's because he's like, Oh, Kiki, don't worry, I made you the CFO and that's the real boss. But, like, it, it would have been really easy for him and Sandy to work in some kind of, like, well, your wife can't testify against you, but Kiki could. Like, I don't know why they didn't give any further explanation for that. I may have Mandela affected this, but for some reason when I was watching it, I thought that at some point later, Caleb says that the reason he made Julie CEO was so Kirsten wouldn't go down with the company if the company gets shut down or something. I don't but remember that at all. Yeah, that wouldn't make any sense, but I I don't know. There were a couple Sandy Cohen lines, well, one in particular that I thought was amazing and very, very uh, 2000s. Don't do the impression. Oh, I won't. I can't. can't. (laughs) That's the first thing the vaccine took from me. The second was my humanity, but the first was my ability to do Sandy Cohen imitation, which was flawless. Um, But when he says it's time to get your Martha Stewart on, because I think, was she in jail during this time or had she like just gotten out? 
Oh, I don't remember. I know that she was in in the shit. She her stuff had already popped off. The controversy had happened. I just don't know where she was in the timeline of that. I thought that you were like a really big Martha Stewart fan and like followed all of her stuff. There's hey, there are rumors, and I think they're going to happen that um her and Snoop Dogg are going to do SNL this year. Like her is the host and Snoop Dogg is the music. Which I'm oh my god, I think it's going to happen in May. Okay. Um. Anyway, so back to the show. So the next time we see Sandy. He's in the kitchen talking to Ryan. Ryan's doing physics homework. Seth comes in. They're having fun banter, whatever. Um, the kind of the thing that's happening um, with with the kids essentially in this episode is they as they kind of are reminded that Caleb is in legal trouble, and they none of them really care. <laughs> like they're just kind of like yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that Kirsten had such a fucking burn on Seth here that went completely under the rug like it didn't it wasn't even brought up like seth didn't react to it in any type of way the conversation just continued on and like i felt Mm. like damn she fucking got him and it's whenever he's asking something about um caleb he's like blah 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 what about the house or like is he gonna be okay and she just goes don't worry seth it won't affect you oh and i was like damn kirsten (laughs) coming in hot yeah this this episode and we'll get more into it when we talk about when we talk about seth but i feel like after the kickoff carnival speech that Summer gave him, it's kind of like the chickens are coming home to roost for Seth and his selfishness, and which makes his uh, his choices in these two episodes even more disappointing. But um, but Kirsten really kind of got to the meat and potatoes of of what annoys us about Seth, even though he did nothing wrong. Because I'm an apologist this season. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, for the next uh, the next thing with the adults is Sandy gets fired again off screen Sandy just gets fired from his job because he is has Caleb as a client and apparently that's such a fucking bad thing that he got fired from his job at Fancy Pants Law Headquarters um, so he's unemployed now yeah what what is the basis of that Dylan do you have any insight because I couldn't figure it like first of all he didn't seem to think it was that big of a deal he was kind of like oh and then the other thing that was funny is they make a joke later about like Kirsten's like, oh, well, you can just service, um, you know, Caleb and all of his friends now or something like that. I just thought that they kind of blew over something that was seemingly kind of a big deal. Well, well there are a couple of things that I think could could have kind of caused that. Uh, first one could be mm-hmm. something as simple as that firm doesn't handle that kind of white collar criminal defense work and he refused to let it go. But I think the more likely reason is because that law firm had just had a very, very high profile case against Caleb's company and against that group. Okay. And now Sandy okay. is uh, is wanting to represent Caleb and the firm's like, no, we have a conflict. We can't do that. Um, but even in that case, a lot of times it's up to the client if that conflict is going to be waived or not. And so... I don't really know. I think it's kind of more of a uh, you know a TV law kind of thing where it's oh well they fired him because there was a conflict and he refused to back down because he's Sandy Cohen. Well, it doesn't even seem like a firing situation. It would seem just like oh you're gonna have your hands full with that. It doesn't make sense for our firm. Let's just part ways. Yeah. But like whenever you say fired, I always assume that there's some kind of a didn't he say quit slash was fired? He said he tells what... Kirsten he was fired. By the way, can you hear me? Because when you were talking, my connection totally dropped out. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. He tells Kirsten he was fired, and then whenever everyone comes over for a party later to celebrate his unemployment, he says, quit slash got fired. The The vibe that yeah. I had was that he was going to have Caleb not as like an official client of the law firm. It was just going to be his client. Yeah. Um. The next thing that's happening with the adults is there's a scene with Tate. We get a, our one and only Tate scene of the episode. Tate! It's Tate on a boat with his daughter. But he shaved. He did shave. It's Tate hanging out with Marissa. 
so there's a lot of nicknames happening in the next two episodes. And this is oh, the first. Yes. I have a list and of some them. that make no sense at all. Yeah, but the first one that I have that I thought was this, uh, that I wrote a note for was when Julie. So Julie shows up to the boat and she she just calls her Maris. Maris. I like that though. I, I, I feel like she called Maris. her that a few times throughout the series, and I remember I was like, I've never called any any Melissa's like Melissa before. Yeah, no. but like, you know, like Maris. Chels. I could. Chels? Yeah, Chels. But there's just just Chelsea. It was harder to do with the three syllable and only saying the first two. Dill? I guess you're right. I, I was literally in my head going. Dill? Dill? Dill. I'm die. Dill. Dill. Yeah, no. I'm <laughs> editing that out. Okay. Um, I the only So they're on the boat. They're hanging out with Marissa. She mentioned that she like wants to live there on the boat with her dad, which who wouldn't? Honestly, it's Tate and he's on a boat. But uh, Julie shows up to pick up Marissa and... I wrote, um, for the 10,000th time, Julie and Tate have the fucking best chemistry on this show. Like, they are the best part. And it's so rare that they actually are together, especially in, in this season. It's, like, it's, it's electric. So, it really their, is just incredible. Um, uh, their chemistry. But even before that happens, like, Marissa kind of breaking down everything, you know, telling her dad how isolated and lonely she felt. Um, I, I always like when they do that bit of exploration exposition because it kind of just relays out the stakes and especially in an episode like this that was rather light on marissa plot line um it kind of reminded me of when Teresa kind of goes through everything that just happened with ryan after the oliver situation the the other thing that i realized watching this episode and the one after um and why jimmy and julie connect so much is that everyone else kind of talks to julie like they they really talk down to her. They treat her like a gold digging kind of nefarious bimbo. And they're very outward about it. Like Sandy just openly makes fun of her. And Kirsten always says stuff like, you're sure about that, Julie? Mm-hmm. Or, wow, I think that you're taking on a lot. Like they all are very condescending to her. And Jimmy really is the only person in the entire series, you know, Caleb and Marissa included, that sees her as like resourceful and clever and beautiful and um you know i think that that's why whenever they talk it's so uh, kind of electric is because he really values her for um not just her good qualities but how she triangulates those good qualities to make things happen in her life whereas everyone else kind of treats her like an idiot Chelsea gets a pass for the Kirsten impression. I thought that was good. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> no, I agree completely. Um, I mean, but I also feel like he married her. So, you know, like he married her. So it would be dumb for him to be like, oh, she's such a dumb person or whatever. Like she. Well, no, but contrast like, that. That contrast. That well, no, I know. I know that he. Her, I know that know? he. I mean, I know Tate believes what he's saying. I 100% believe that. But right. I do think there's something to be said with like he's he I guess it's just like he has known that forever because he married her. He sees all these good qualities in her. So that's a good point. Right. But Kayla married her, too. And she said, put me to work. And he said, oh, you need you can buy some food from the house and get those little pumpkin muffins I like. That's a, but that's a good, you know, that's when a Jimmy good contra- looks at her, contrast. Yeah. Jimmy looks at her and he says she's resourceful. In the next episode, he tells Kirsten like. She came from Riverside and figured out how to get on top. Is it this episode or the next episode where they have that whole speech between uh, Tate and Julie where they talk about why they got married and this and that. And he's, you know, Julie says to Tate, I, uh, you only married me because I was pregnant. I married you because I loved you. That was, was that this, this episode? episode? Yeah, that was part of this I feel like 
Yeah, I feel like that could that could kind of wrap in sort of the way that she's being treated and the way others treat her is Tate kind of knew her at the beginning before she became Julie Cooper of Newport. And instead she was Julie last name. I forgot from place. I can't remember Riverside Riverside, but um, Tate just can't do any wrong. He does kind of tell her like you marry men for money. And she said, well, I married you because I was in love with you. So that is kind of the difference, I guess, between someone like Caleb and Jimmy is that mm-hmm. I don't think we, and I don't think anyone here thinks that Julie Cooper is in love with Caleb Nichol. She married him because he has money. And I think he knows, yeah, that. He I, knows that as well. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit confused why Caleb would even want to marry her in the first place. Like, I mean, if he's looking for a hot piece of ass, he could certainly find someone with a little bit less baggage. So the next, uh, the next thing we see is the, is the party where Sandy, I guess, decides to throw himself a party to, for getting fired <laughs> from his job. Again, I don't really understand why they're all gathering and drinking champagne, but they are. And uh, that's when Caleb makes the announcement that he is promoting Julie to CEO of the Newport group. <laughs> and again, I don't know why, other than the only explanation he's ever he ever gives is, I have to do it to save my marriage. And it's like, I don't know why you think you have to do that to save your marriage, but apparently you do. That conversation happened off screen, apparently. That was bizarre. That's such... That's such stupid reasoning, though, because Julie didn't hasn't even shown an interest in wanting to work at the company, aside from that one episode the season before where she did some design stuff for them. Well, so the last thing we see with this with this with this fun group is uh, Sandy talking to Caleb, saying, like, you fucked up. I don't know if I want to even be your lawyer, but hey, you need to fix this. So they set up a they set up like a one on one with Kirsten and Caleb. Um, Caleb apologizes. There's a lot of apologies in these episodes. He apologizes and kind of I I thought it was kind of manipulates Kirsten into becoming the CFO of the Newport group who still mm-hmm. has to report to Julie. So Julie's the CEO, Kirsten's the CFO. She's getting a raise apparently, so that's important, I guess. Um, but that's how we leave uh, that's how we leave the adults. Maybe this is an old Dylan comment, but oh boy. and this is also a spoiler. Buckle up. Kind of. <laughs> but I don't think it's a coincidence that both Lindsay and Caleb were wearing sweater vests in this episode. Oh, I didn't even notice that. There, well, there you, is a reference. You acted like you can like considered that there could be some like conspiracy behind that. That was very They're generous abs- of you, Ryan. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now Chelsea is being mean to New Dylan. <laughs> I've gro- I've groomed Chelsea. <laughs> Oh my god! But Ryan's comment was a very Chelsea. Like he was kind of like, "Oh, I didn't think about that." Well, no, the like, only reason I said that is because it reminded me of something that happens in the next episode, which is an yeah. even more kind of obvious allusion to this. But yeah, whatever. Dylan, your thing was dumb, but we all agree. We had a, we had a body swap <laughs> just for a minute. Uh, we freaky yeah. Friday'd on you guys. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're going to get into the Seth, Summer, and Marissa portion of this episode. Um, I want to know what you think about this because it feels like Seth is it, Seth, Seth is very annoying. We we have agreed that we're not on board with Seth. He starts this episode by saying, like, I want to be new Seth, much like we don't like new Dylan. I don't really love new Seth, but he wants to be new Seth, and he wants to make things less about himself and more about doing good things for other people. But we all know it's just kind of a he wants to be he wants to be friends with Summer and we all know it's just a ploy to get back at her, which is shitty. But I also noted that it's the same thing that Summer did to Seth when he was with Anna. Do you remember when they were at like when they were going golfing with Luke? Chelsea, say that one more time. I'm so sorry. Well, I wanted to buy a microphone before I forgot. So I tuned out just for a second. Wow. Wow. Very sorry. That was very rude. (laughs) I just got called out on it. 
damn. Oh my gosh. Say that sentence one more time. I'm so sorry. It was a pretty long <laughs> sentence. I wasn't even here and you still tuned out. Oh, I don't feel so alone now. Well, I just, I knew that I was, I was going to be like the bad member of the podcast if my microphone was still fucking up next week. So I was like, oh, let me just buy it really fast. <laughs> like, Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was terrible. Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm just going to move on. No one knows what I said. It's fine. We're moving on. <laughs> Episode three. I'm just kidding. Uh, I said. <laughs> Ryan just like pieces out. He's like, fuck this. I'm done. <laughs> You guys have fun. See you in the next episode. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I said, yeah. basically what I said was uh, we don't like new Seth because he's trying too hard to be selfless. He, it's an obvious ploy to be friendly to get Summer back. But it's also mm-hmm. kind of the same thing that Summer did to him when he was with Anna in season that's one. That's very true. I think that's an Ooh, awesome yeah. comparison. Um, and, Thanks, Chelsea. Wow, what a good pod partner. Well, no, if you even <laughs> think about it, like, Zach and Anna kind of deal with it in separate ways. Like, Zach has such a cool conversation with Summer about just the whole situation. I want to see Zach's feet. <laughs> <laughs> right now what is <laughs> wow that was funny dylan what is happening on this episode this is a bizarro episode it's a covid vaccine man. okay it's great that was pretty good um so that so we see uh marissa and summer at high school marissa thinks zach is perfect we learn that zach is the son of a congressman and that Dr. Roberts is very excited to meet him because of that. We also learn he reads the newspaper. That conversation that they have is really cool because um, Marissa says something to Summer like, is he even real? Like, what's the story? And then um, Summer kind of lists all of his good qualities. And like, not going to lie, I'm kind of girl crushing. Like, he reads like five different newspapers. He's son of the senator. Excessive. And I think she yeah, says like, papers. like, athletic but not full of himself smart but not a show off she's listing all of these wonderful qualities and you kind of can't help hiding? but fall in love with them a little bit i hate that this is happening because i agree with dylan this is too much he's well, too much you think he's too much oh my gosh i well okay first chelsea how long you, would it yeah. take you to read five newspapers that's like half your day oh my god i would never read five newspapers and i guess i guess you're right that is i'm does he just skim the headlines like what's he doing i would well that's fine i could do that but this is before yeah, we I, had Twitter. So I don't know. Think about before we had Facebook and Twitter <laughs> and Instagram. Um, I think you'd have a lot more time in your day. Okay, I think yeah. you could spend 45 minutes and catch the highlights from all those different pieces of media and um, still have time for water polo and do dating summer and doing school stuff. I don't know. I want to say my thing before. I know Dylan is dying to jump in. We get it. We get a vibe check from summer. She's still vibrating at a high frequency. Love that. Zach shows up. He's wearing a polo underneath a button-down shirt which is <laughs> that so was my weird. comment so weird super weird that is not perfect no absolutely not perfect i've never seen anyone wear a polo as an undershirt which is so bizarre um but also i just wrote that marissa during the scene when summer is inviting zach to hang out um marissa is giving some very good looks to summer like that was a good scene marissa is like communicating with her face i really was into it dylan what, what do you have to say about this well i was just going to make the comment about zach's shirt combo mm-hmm. his shirt and undershirt and i was also going to say the fact that he reads that many newspapers especially doesn't make sense because apparently he's also a comic book nerd that's just too much reading for one person and also to play sports it's simply too much reading oh simply. my goodness i don't know i i sometimes look at my screen time on my phone and i'm like how do I possibly have those many hours in the day to fuck around on social media? So the next time we see them, it's, it's Seth and Ryan's when they went to the bait shop and we meet Alex, like we said. 
Um, this is where we talk about Alex if we want. I read Olivia Wilde. She has great. I love this hair on Olivia Wilde. She looks. This is how I came to know Olivia Wilde. So whenever she yeah. actually switched to dark hair, it took me like a while to get used to it, which is kind of her normal hair now. Love this hair. Love that she's listening to the Walkman as Seth walks up to her for the first time. It's in her headphones. What do we think about the butterfly on the bicep? I thought that was a little bit too um, on the nose. Like, really? That was, you guys can that was very mid-2000s. For her? I don't know. What is more mid-2000s? Is it the butterfly on her bicep or her incredibly plucked eyebrows? Oh, but the plucked eyebrows, I don't know. She has such delicate features. I think it kind of works for her. Yeah. I mean, I guess the butterfly is better than like a one of those, you know, the the kind of black swirly thing that I don't know, kind of the biker look. Tribal. Bill Goldberg. Yeah, kind of like tribal. <laughs> so maybe, maybe the butterfly is better because it says cool. I, it says I'm hardcore, but also I I like girly things. Oh, she had like the she had the to the skirt on. Was this your outfit of the episode? Did you have one? No, <laughs> the outfit of the episode. <laughs> Lindsay is the was Lindsay manager. Come on. Oh. We really are role reversing here. The, the the Alex outfit was so much better. Okay. Oh, I know, but we get a lot of really good Alex episodes that I just felt like I needed to point. I needed to call out a really terrible outfit. Like that's a good just, point. Just a cringe. Um, she pays the techs that are setting up the stage for the Walkman concert with tickets to the show, which I thought was strange. I don't think that happens in real life. That was strange. The, the, the techs should be allowed to just go to the show because they work for the band or the club. Either way, they should yeah, not have to yeah. have tickets to go to the show um seth gets a job <laughs> working at the bait shop seth is so determined to get tickets to give to summer so that her and zach can go to this concert because i guess summer loves the walkman <laughs> that he gets a job and i just want to share a personal anecdote here when this episode aired i'll never this is a very vivid memory of the, the day this episode aired as i was i used to, i used to watch the show with my friend kyle a lot especially in season two my friend kyle would come over and we'd watch it but for some reason in this week in particular we went to his house to watch this episode. We had to watch it on a VHS because we had to record it on VHS. That's how you recorded things in 2004. Yeah, we, we didn't yeah. have TiVo yet. <laughs> we had to set the VCR. We were watching this episode on VHS. Also, I was I was a junior or senior and I was a junior in high school, so I was like going through a weed phase. So we were really stoned as we were watching this, and I just very vividly remember watching the scene where he goes. I have a mop, Ryan. And Ryan goes, you have a mop, bro. And we watched it over and over. And oh it was the gosh. funniest thing. I re- vividly remember laughing at that scene so fucking hard. I don't know why I was stoned, but that was just so so great. I love that we all remember like the first episode of the OC we all ever watched. Like we're all like, yes, I remember the exact episode where I was at, what I was doing. The show, I mean, clearly it's left a big impression on our yeah. lives, but. This is also where I wrote that New Dylan or that New Seth is worse than New Dylan. Oh, okay, I'll take it. I I feel yeah. like so I got to switch to my pro Seth argument real quick, and I guess this is more pro Adam Brody, but I feel like in these two episodes, this one and the next one, we get some very very good physical comedy from Adam Brody, which I don't think we'd seen from Seth so far. Like it may have been the next episode, but like when he's trying to pick up all of the glasses and no, that's just the next that's the next scene that okay I have here. Is yeah it, it's... seth helps alex lift a crate and she calls him pathetic and cute and reveals that she's 17 and finally gives him tickets to the show but he does yeah. start by helping her lift these thing of glasses the next episode is when he has to push something across the stage and he just, he just falls <laughs> oh yeah so seth helps alex she gives him the tickets he has the tickets and he does a pop-in he does an unannounced pop-in to summer's house uh the mm. step monster lets him in and this is the one redeeming Seth scene in the entire episode. I wrote, hallelujah, Seth is nice. 
he did the right he showed up just said hey i wanted to give you these tickets and she is like testing him to see if it's a trick he it's not i don't remember i as far as i knew it wasn't a trick and he just left and i was like damn that was so good of seth to just show up give the tickets and leave that's your job he did his job well chelsea i need a female perspective on this mm-hmm. would, would you have seen through the plan yeah 100 percent. would you have taken the tickets um depends how bad oh, i want yeah. to go to the concert <laughs> Touché. i know you wouldn't take them but a, well a, a we'll chelsea see. who i was gonna say Oh, I mean, if it if it was if it was Death Cab and it was you know 2004, I think I would totally take some tickets under some false pretenses. I also think though that Summer, obviously, as we'll learn in the next episode, is still much in the same kind of situation that Seth was in with Anna, where she can't stop talking about Seth when she's with Seth. Mm-hmm. It's like he couldn't mm-hmm. stop talking about Summer when he was with Anna. Um, so there's still clearly something there for Summer. It's not like she is moved on and over him. She took mm-hmm. the tickets because it was part of something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that she enjoys having a connection with him, having him on his mind, having an excuse to talk about him. Um, you know, she's obviously still really into him, even though she's trying to, quote unquote, move on or whatever. So this next scene with Summer and Zach is one that I feel like we need to talk about for a minute. Because this, so this was... Good. Amazing. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. This is, again, I wrote too much. Like, who, who does this? Zach basically says clearly you have some shit to work out with seth we and like you need to figure that out because i want to make sure we're on the same page and he even says something like if if we had a good time this summer and if that's all it was then just let me know and i was like this is insane no one would do this no No one one would say that the only other person who has ever said something along those lines was patrick dempsey in sweet home alabama when he realizes that reese witherspoon still likes their ex-husband that's the only two times in real life or in TV world where this ever happened. I mean, I feel like it's, it's possible that it could ha- some version of this could happen, but not the way that he was just so chill and nice and sweet and like kissed her on the cheek when he left. It was, it was almost as if it was being written specifically to show the contrast yeah. in the situations. Yeah. That Zach is confident and he doesn't mind for her to go try to like tie up loose ends or do what she needed to do because he is just secure with himself. Um, I mean, it did paint him in a good light. I feel like if I'm the dude in that situation, it's like, you don't, I don't know. I feel like I would have just been like, okay, you're not into me fully. Then like, I don't want to do this. Right. Like yeah. if, you're, if there, if you have questions, then we should, like, I want someone who's there fully, not just kind of there. But and maybe that's mm-hmm. kind of what he did, just in a really weird, nice. No, he did it in like a he did it in like a simp way. Like he did it in like a. <laughs> yeah, wait. it was it was simping. No, what he did was say basically, like, "I'll wait for you," which I would never say. You can't do that. Yeah. Um, I did also right here because this is where Summer says this is a big moment for me. I did the thing where like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's pointing at the TV. I did uh-huh. that when Summer says, "Wow, you're like a real adult." Oh, and I wrote in all caps. Summer says adult, like Chelsea says absurd. <laughs> what an absurd adult! Yeah, eating his frittata. You're not alone, Chelsea. Um, you also say aesthetic, which I, I feel love. validated. We see the Walkman. They're playing. It's the bait shop. I guess it's the grand opening. I don't know. I wrote the Hamilton Lighthouser. Looks young. He looks very young. It's 2004. Um, Seth is stamping hands. Like that's his job, I guess, is stamping hands when people walk in. And Ryan's just there for some reason, slamming Mountain Dews. Um and Summer shows up. She has bangs, which were incredible. Where did they come from? Yeah, the bangs were new because they go away at the end of the episode. <laughs> I didn't notice that. 
I yeah. did not notice that. Wow. Yeah. So did she have clip-in bangs? I don't. They're gone by the time she's having lunch with Zach and her dad. Like, it's ridiculous. So she has bangs. Seth takes her to the VIP area, which looks like the worst place to watch the concert, honestly. It's like the upstairs corner. You're sitting down. I hate sitting down at concerts. I think it's the worst. They have a kind of awkward conversation where Seth convinces her that I'm just trying to be your friend. She accepts it. Great. Should have left it right there. And then, of course, Seth ruins it by kissing her. Before he even went in for the for the kiss, which was like, you know, the, the, the worst part on the Sunday was the cherry on, on top of the Sunday which no one has ever said before. But why is he telling her the entire plan? Because even without the kiss, that completely, in my mind, robs it of its actual intention, which would be to be a nice guy. It's kind of like whenever you see, like, one of those TikTok or YouTube people filming themselves giving a homeless person food. I I kind of didn't, I didn't hate it as much as I think you did, because he does, I mean, he says, he does tell her what's going on, but I feel like he was trying to establish, like, this is what we are now, is how I took it. He's like, I wanted you to have the tickets because I wanted you to forgive me, and I wanted you to forgive me because I wanted us to stop hating me, and I want you to stop hating me because I want us to be friends, which I feel like is okay, because you're basically saying, like, I understand we're friends now, so that's why he said it, so then for him to immediately follow it up with the kiss was weird. Yeah, I don't know. He, she runs out of the venue and he finds her and they talk. And this is where I wrote that Seth fucks this all up. He turns himself into the victim of the situation. Like he always does mm-hmm. because he, she was like, I thought you wanted to be friends. And he's like, I can't just be friends with you. And it's like, dude, you did all of this. Like, yeah. You, uh, you started, literally started this whole friendship journey. Yes. So Seth goes to Marissa's house, <laughs> her actual indoors house, which is where she's laying on the bed, staring at the ceiling for an awkwardly long amount of time. <laughs> Seth goes to Marissa's house and says to her, like, you know, I've burned out all the people that would listen to me and I just need to talk because it is actually very, that has big Dylan energy. And Marissa is like super helpful. She's like, just apologize. But like Marissa was cool. She was cool Marissa again. But I also thought that it was a little weird that Seth had his hand on her back the whole time. I don't know if anyone noticed that. He like as they were sitting Ooh. as they were sitting oh, on the bed together. Oh, Seth had his hand on her like lower back as they were talking. Guys, I thought it was very that. weird. But well, I only uh, don't do that. That happens, and then uh, he goes and he he finds out that Summer is uh, having lunch with her dad. So he goes to talk to her. He changes into like a weird half suit for some reason. It didn't look good. Um, <laughs> but he sees her yeah. having lunch with her dad and also Zach. So he knows things are getting really serious he knows she needs to take a step back because they're really like together now but the episode ends with him and marissa again and it goes and it's them sitting at the pier on her bench at her house on the pier staring into the ocean like she's literally just staring into the distance marissa does that a lot then seth sits down to her and they have like a weird conversation about if you would have told me last year that we'd be the two loneliest people in Newport, I wouldn't have guessed it, especially you. And that's how the episode ends. And I remember thinking that between the hand on the back and that scene, I was like, there's no way they're setting up like a Seth Marissa thing, right? And thank God they never did. But it really felt like that was a kind of a tease at at the end of that episode. Yeah. Um, Something that I wrote about it was I, I felt like there was kind of a missed opportunity because we really don't throughout the series see, you know, Seth and Marissa becoming close just on a plato- in a platonic way you don't see a lot i mean there really isn't very many like male female friendships aside from maybe kirsten and jimmy you get it a little bit but they also yeah. have a romantic past 
Yeah, the high romantic past, that's an element that's missing that we, you know, get to see in so many shows that we do earnestly love, you know, Friends, How I Met Your Mother, uh, Shit's Creek, all the other shows we love to talk about. Seinfeld is great, like, great way to demonstrate that. I forgot to mention that that last scene there where um, Seth goes and sees Summer with with her dad and Zach, and he also goes and sits with Marissa. Like, I love the Walkman a lot. But for my musical moment of the episode, it was that scene. There was a song called Worn Me Down by Rachel Yamagata. Shout out to her. Well, and something that we breezed over is that this episode was the first of, um, you know, many throughout this season that uh, they have so many scenes at the the bait Mm. shop where they got to highlight uh, bands like this. And it's, you know, such a cool thing that the OC got to do. And I felt like really defined the series and made it stand apart from other ones um, that are on today and that were on at the time. Um, The way that they so seamlessly tied in new bands. I thought that was awesome. If you'd like to know more about the music of the OC, make sure to listen to our March 3rd, 2021 bonus episode, One Guitar and a Lot of Complaining. That was very akin (laughs) to like the things they would put up in the OC episodes. Like music from tonight's episode was by the Walkman. Oh, I I forgot about those. Oh, Featured on tonight's episode of the OC. So that gets us through episode three. Do you guys have any closing thoughts you want to move on? Uh, I'm still worried about these bangs, but we can move on. Episode four, The New Era, features Sandy Cohen on screen for seven minutes and 21 seconds. Dylan, tell me more. We're in December now. This episode originally aired on December 2nd, 2004 to 6.51 million viewers. Our numbers are going down, Mm. but that didn't stop J.J. Philbin from writing a heck of an episode. Wait, I have Josh Schwartz as the writer on this one. You do? Oh, yeah, that's weird. Hold on, let me check. Oh boy. Oh my gosh. Oh, controversy. So what you're seeing oh, right now. Your credibility. Oh my gosh. Is dead. What you're listening to right now, listeners, if Ryan hasn't cut this out, is the real time research that we do on this show. West wait, I just typed in West Wing. <laughs> wow, I wonder who's right in this situation. <laughs> Wiki the OC season two. See, I okay. See, I thought it was Josh Schwartz because of the snappy dialogue, mm-hmm. and then I specifically looked, and J.J. Philbin wrote episode four, of the new era, and it shocked me. Oh my gosh! And J.J. Philbin is a woman. I stand corrected. J.J. stands for Jennifer Joy. Anyway, I'm gonna edit all this out. Uh oh, everyone. Seth and Ryan go on a double date with unexpected results. So Seth goes with Lindsay, but looks for Summer. Ryan goes with Alex, but would rather be with Lindsay. Sandy Uh-oh. has been fired from his law firm. Meanwhile, Julie finds herself overwhelmed at the Newport group and turns to Kirsten for advice. So this is the killers episode. This is the one that we have been, yes. I, this was my first, I'll just say it off the top. Um, this was my first time I ever heard for a, such an iconic song. That's become a major part of my life. A song that I played every speakeasy days party. I do. This is the first time in my life. I ever heard Mr. Brightside. I think, man, yeah. that's, wow. that's, a, that's a bit, that's a big, by the way, we got so hype in the Irwin household when that song came on. Leslie proceeded to scream sing the entire verse. That's what that song that does, song. though. That's why I played it on my thing. That's why I played it on my events. Yeah. We, we talk about that in the music episode. Music. But this is a song where if, you know, you're you're having a fun vibey party with your friends and everyone's getting a little hyper and someone just pops it onto the Sonos. Everyone the stops Sonos. They'll get on the couch. They'll be jumping up and down. Like it's catnip you know. for white people. What are are I know? Are you are you a Beats by Dre guy? What 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 um, what's your preferred? I use uh, an iPhone in a coffee mug. 
And I just place that right in the middle <laughs> of the table, and we all kind of do variations of, God, of that dance. I'm so glad that I have my screen covered. Um, <laughs> Me and Dylan are waving our hands in the air. We're just right flipping now. off Ryan. <laughs> so, by, by the way, I got to tell you. So my the biggest fans of this podcast are my parents, and every week I have to assure them that Ryan is not actually mean to me, and that it's a part of our show. It's our vibe. And so, mom and dad, I want you to know whatever you need to tell yourself, Dylan, that I am constantly flipping Ryan off on the video. <laughs> and and if we ever have a Patreon moving forward, you will get the video of me just flipping off Ryan Drake constantly. So don't feel bad about me. I actually am the Overlord. Wow. All right. Let's okay. Go. Uh, all right. I'm glad I give that you was, permission. That was to go. cute. That was cute. That was good for Dylan. <laughs> Um, this episode begins with, I don't have it broken down as much as I probably, as I had the last one, but this episode begins with Seth doing a weird thing, which Lindsay points out the problematic part of it, which I don't think we really need to even go into it, but he's like, I need a girlfriend. Summer's moved on. I need to move on. I'm going to open up the yearbook and just point out girls that I'm going to date. Yeah. He like talks about certain girls on clubs. He's like, oh wait, she's in this club. Maybe we'll have something in common. Oh, we always talk about <laughs> Tina Wu. Tina Wu is a founder of the improv group Shenanigans. I pulled that out of my head. I don't even have a note about that. That's impressive. But he also tells Ryan that he impressive. can have he, he can have his leftovers, which I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Seth and Ryan go to school, and Seth meets Lindsay for the first time, and mm. this is whenever there's the he says that's the future Mrs. Cohen, that's Lindsay Cohen, and I was like, that kind of is Lindsay Cohen, actually. It's big John Snow energy coming out of Seth Cohen. There. Yeah, I thought that was that was a crazy thing too. Um, but it was very he he was just like. Oh, Lindsay, I just hope you up with her. Like he kind of just demands it. It was it was funny, but then it made me remember like he probably remember how he basically like depended on Ryan to hook him up with Summer. Like maybe he's just like, "Oh, Ryan's just how I like hook up with girls." Like Ryan has to kind of get the get the wheels turning for me. <laughs> Seth is crushing on Lindsay. Ryan, I we think we know is also crushing on Lindsay. Ryan agrees, he'll ask Lindsay out on behalf of Seth. Um, we see Marissa hanging out with Summer and Zach. Oh, God. Marissa has no boy drama, as she likes to point out here. Oh, the outfit. I said, I, I wrote that. I said, Marissa has no boy drama, but she does have a new hat. <laughs> oh, and my a God. Shrek vest. The vest is that weird. That outfit is the oh. worst outfit of the entire series. <laughs> it's so bad. Wow. And then you, for, you forget how bad it is until you see the back of the hat and there's a giant bow on it. <laughs> I just don't understand what possessed them. I wrote a series of jokes. So first of all, to give you guys context, <laughs> she is wearing oh, wow a um plaid uh <laughs> kind of newsboy hat, um oh. a a matching vest, and it's a very low cut vest and kind of like a puffy blouse situation, and then plaid pants. And puffy on the back girl. of this newsboy hat is a gigantic green bow. <laughs> It's so bad. I said, now is her time to seize the day. <laughs> now is the time to seize the day. <laughs> is that too niche? No, it's not. Not for our audience. Um, it is the same hat that the burnout from Dazed and Confused is guy at the end of that movie is wearing. <laughs> um, oh, she looks like one of Fagin's boys in a production of Oliver. <laughs> yes, that's what I was trying to think of when I saw it. <laughs> And she, you said this joke earlier, but I said she must go shopping at the same place as Shrek. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> the bow. 
I so I had seen the outfit. I had seen the outfit on the Instagram, so I was like emotionally prepared for this weird Peaky Blinders nonsense. But then as soon as she turns around and you see this giant green bow, I almost turned off the TV and just <laughs> said, the, that's you, enough. You text the podcast, I quit. Just, guys, I've had enough. <laughs> we'll put, we should post something about the bow on our, on our Instagram. We'll post the outfit. Oh, just the bow. Oh, I will gosh. save it for the week that comes out. So, you know, everyone else can have the same goop uh-huh. reaction that we did. It's we should bad. do an outfit roast on Instagram. Just like roast the shit out of this outfit. <laughs> <laughs> this is the outfit of the season. Yeah. she. It's bad. It's like an anime caddy. <laughs> well, and it's, oh, I'll let you get to it. But she does come some kind of important thing while she's wearing this outfit. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> I don't think you're winning people over in that. No wonder DJ doesn't want to talk to you. But she she goes and see DJ. She she doesn't say DJ like a normal person does. She DJ. says DJ. She says it like the Californian sketch on SNL. Like DJ. Yeah. Oh what my god. What are you doing, DJ? <laughs> what are you doing here? You see my hat? Marissa has no boy drama. She has a new hat. Uh, Zach joins the group. So it's a trio. This is where we. Uh, this is the first time Summer refers to Zach as Ducky for no reason. <sighs> um, there's no payoff to this. Like literally, she calls him Ducky. He goes, "I don't like it." She calls him it a couple more times, and then it's over. That's the whole thing. The only other time I've heard Ducky is like Ducky from Pretty in Pink, which we know mm-hmm. that the OC likes to reference, but that doesn't make any sense. Like in this situation, yeah. Zach is Blaine, and uh, you know Seth is Ducky. So I didn't really understand that. I like to think that she just said it. And like for some reason, it just came out of her mouth, and they just went with it. <laughs> yep. It wasn't in the script at all. But there's this weird. So we we had Maris in the first episode. Now we have Ducky, and then Marissa immediately calls Summer some, and oh, then immediate, and then the immediate the, the next scene is Caleb and Sandy, and Caleb calls Sandy Sandman, Sandman. and Sandy calls <laughs> Caleb Cal. So in the in like twenty oh. seconds, we have Ducky some Sandman and Cal, and I was like, there's a lot. Sandman is great. Yeah, that's solid. That's solid. Sandy and Caleb are like hanging out, eating, um, or having like brunch. Sandy does not like frittatas. He eventually does have one. There's a first mention of Renee Wheeler, and this is the first. I mean, Caleb is like, I don't know if he's drunk or what, but he's like in a good mood, and he's like fucking with Sandy pretty hard. Like it was really funny, and I wrote that there's a lot of sexual tension between Sandy and Caleb <laughs> right now. Well, he he you forgot to mention he doesn't call them frittatas. Cal makes it a point to say frittata. frittata. It reminds me of the Mojito. of the yeah. So I actually have a note that could lead to an argument, but which is worse, mojito, mojito, or frittata? Frittata. Mojito. Way worse. Way worse. Because Oliver said it. That's true. Frittata. Yeah. And also, like, I think we all agree. Like, Caleb is like a funny character. Like, I liked the presence on the show. You didn't yeah. want to kill him. You kind of enjoyed his attitude. I hope nothing happens to him. Shut up. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. This is the broken episode. And I'm so happy. <laughs> this is where I've noted that like I like Lindsay. I didn't used to like Lindsay. She's she, she's fun. Um this is when Ryan asks her out. Uh and this is so fucking weird. This is weird in the same way that like Luke barges in the room and says, I'm done having sex with Julie Cooper. This is weird in the same way that Ryan goes, do you want to go on a date? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, cool. So with Seth? And it's like, wait, yeah. what? Like, why would you ever phrase it like that? It's very overwritten yeah. to make it a thing out of it. 
Yeah, like why like why couldn't he have just said like, Oh, so yeah, do you want to go to the concert with this? Blah, 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 you know what I mean? And then say with Seth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We see Julie and Kirsten at work. Julie has a ficus. We kind of get the vibe that she doesn't know what she's doing. That'll come into play later. Before we leave, okay, I'm pretty sure that Kirsten has pictures of two different children on her desk. Oh. And I don't know who they are. At first, I thought maybe it was two pictures of Seth. It could be Seth and Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. So, oh because, like, what I don't get is, like, like I get if you have pictures of your kids on your desk. Maybe, it's a, maybe she in, got a baby. Maybe is, I mean, how old are they? The kid kids? Yeah. Maybe, it's, maybe, she, like, maybe she got a child picture of Ryan. Like, sixth grade or seventh grade or, like, maybe earlier, like, school pictures. But they're two different <clears throat> kids. I don't think they're the same kid. And even if they are... I'm pretty sure that no parent in the history of giving birth to children would have two pictures of the same child in a single frame from two different years in school. Parents, let us know. Shoot us an email at coenspod at gmail.com. Yeah, parents, send us emails, parents, and and hit up Zach on Instagram and ask to see his feet. Um, Moms and dads. Yeah. So DJ's back. Marissa goes to visit DJ, and I, I thought this was very weird she goes to visit DJ and he basically says like, uh, how's your boyfriend? And she's like, oh, I don't have a boyfriend. It's not like that. Do you want to go to this concert? Okay, that's fine. She's in a DJ. Cool. Like the next scene is her with Ryan and Ryan says like, how's DJ? She goes, oh, there's nothing going on with DJ. It's not like that. Hey, do you want to go to this concert? And I was like, what the fuck is she doing? Why is she doing she's, this? She's on something, man. She's on alcohol, I think. Too much, too much time on that pier. But like she told both guys, uh, there's nothing going on with the other guy. And she also invited them both to to the concert. Right? She invited DJ to the concert, but on the day of the concert, she tells Ryan, like, "Hey, do you want to hang out tonight?" So I don't know yeah. what she's doing. Um, we have this weird moment. Actually, actually, a really cool moment. This is why the structure of this episode is so hard to recap because everyone's kind of paired up with everyone. Um, it's a group hang, but Ryan. there's a big yeah. group at the high school where uh, this is actually a really good moment where Seth. Where Summer walks, just walks past him, and he goes, "I have a date," <laughs> <laughs> which is a hundred percent with a girl. Dylan would do. Um, <laughs> he announces to Summer that he has a date, and but this is kind of goes back to what I said about um, Jimmy and and Julie. But like Jimmy really can't say a lot of negative shit about Julie because he married her. So yeah. when Summer says to Marissa, like, can you believe that Cohen has a date with an actual girl? I was like, you were pining over him, like, not that yeah. long ago. <laughs> like, okay. Like, last episode. Like fighting, fighting Anna for him. Let's bump the brakes a little bit, Summer. You're still the best, but, like, you know, you're not, you're not flawless. <laughs> um, come on our show, Rachel. Please come on our show. We'll, we'll do crossover pods. Okay. We see Tate back on the boat. Julie comes oh, to visit. Yeah. And this is when Tate and Julie have yet another incredible scene. Where she uh, admits that she tried to Google herself and she crashed the entire network, which I loved. That's peak Julie Cooper. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. But Tate gives her like a fucking good pep talk. Like Tate is the mm-hmm. man. I love Tate. You are totally right, Chelsea. He sees all the best qualities of Julie. He's like, let's not focus on the bad. Let's accentuate the good, essentially. Yeah. Well, and he he gives her, um, you know, the confidence to. She is a very resourceful and clever woman, and he helps remind her of that and he's like how do you fit your current set of problems into those skill sets yeah so they have a good good scene good moment julie has an idea what based on this conversation he 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 sparks some creativity in her brain 
The next thing we see is uh, Seth talking to Alex. He is trying to set. Seth doesn't want to go on his date with Lindsay by himself. He needs Ryan to chaperone. This is the most like mm-hmm. beta cuck shit I've seen. In a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's like, I'll get you a date. Basically, it's set up to where Alex is going to go out with Ryan. Lindsay's going to go out with Seth. and They're all going to group hang together. Wrong um, side of the tracks. Love story. That was actually great. I wrote. I wrote that. Um, it's the ultimate wrong side of the tracks. Love story. Is that offensive at all? I don't think so. I was, I was. I mean, I was just thinking about that. If someone just straight up says, "Hey, you are from a terrible background," he is also from a terrible background, so you all should date. Is that offensive? I didn't think it was offensive, but I could see if someone was offended by it. I guess. Also, I'm not in the person in the situation being talked about, so it's not really my place to say. But good answer. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm, I have a future political uh, <laughs> run in me somewhere. <laughs> so they they're doing the group hang, and it is so fucking cringe and they did it really well like it's supposed to be cringy and they did it really well because it is very cringy um it's basically it's ryan talking to alex she's like do you like live music he's like no (laughs) she's like it's my passion it's my passion music is my passion and with the fire of a thousand suns like that was oh my god she delivered that yeah it was great also, uh, around this time, we also see unemployed Sandy, who's just like eating Cheetos and favorite. watching movies. My the favorite house. Sandy. It's great. I wrote unemployed Sandy is my hero. But but where did there, there wasn't there a couch there? Like he's sitting on a chair in the middle of the room that looks so out of place because there's nothing else in the room. It's just a chair. I don't know where the front. Wait. Okay. There used to be on. a couch I, there. There did, but they just did all the renovations. Maybe they haven't moved all the furniture back yet. That that there's no way that that was like that's think, that is like thinking very deeply about this. Yeah. Um, I wrote that this episode is kind of the beginning of Sandy's shift from his classic idealism. Um, you know, he's fired from his firm, and like I said, he kind of jokes about just defending Caleb and all of his rich clients. Um, it definitely like within Sandy's storyline definitely gets worse next season, and then season four he kind of aggressively corrects that. Um, by the end of the show, but this is the beginning of his, um, you know, we always think about him as being a public, uh, defendant and that kind of thing and started going down a dark road at this point. (laughs) I'll begin with Cheetos. It always does. So they're having Cheetos, him and Kirsten, and, uh, there's a knock at the door and it's Julie. Julie, uh, was so inspired by Tate's raw, raw speech that she is going to throw a party. That's what she does. She throws part. She is a good party thrower. Oh, Mm -hmm. We we missed something very important, and it's Julie absolutely bombing the speech. So the reason why she wants to do this, and the reason she goes to see Tate, yes. is because they had a massive presentation with one of the Newport Group's biggest investors, and Kirsten is doing her mm-hmm. thing, and she's doing great, and Julie is like, you know what? I'm going to take myself seriously. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make it happen. Then they immediately start hitting her with all of these questions that she has no idea what the answer is to, and she has a really genuinely funny line. Where he asks something about like how the Newport Group plans to combat higher interest rates and property values. No, he says Julie something stand. about like how can you explain why you hedged on our portfolio? Oh yeah, and Julie just goes yes, <laughs> <laughs> and so she's trying to find a way. So that's why she goes to see Tate because she's pretty much like some bad stuff happened. Tate gives her a pep talk, and so she turns that pep talk into a party. Which now I will let you pick back up. No, that's right. That's totally right. I totally forgot about that scene. That was very important. Thank you, Dylan. Um, you have been very helpful this week. Vaccinated Dylan. I know. Get vaccinated every week. That would be great. Um, <laughs> I'll try. 
So yeah, that's why uh, Julie went to see Tate in the first place, and that's why she's now having a party. She's gonna, like I said, accentuate her best features, which are uh, socializing, throwing parties, getting. But what Tate says is like getting old, getting old men to give you money is what you're best at, and she's like, yeah, I can do this. So she's throwing a party at the Cohen's house. Um, she uh, shows up. I, this is like the timeline of this is very weird because when you see Sandy eating Cheetos, you think it's probably it's it's nighttime. It's probably seven, eight, nine. Julie shows up, starts the party immediately. Sandy has time to like get dressed and leave and go find Caleb having a meeting with the sec- the secret meeting at the golf club. And then goes back to the bar and sits with him. It's just this seems like a very long night. Yeah. But Julie's throwing a party at the Cohen's house, and uh, she's she's doing her thing. She's being kind of flirty. She's doing some butt grazes, mm-hmm. and she's kind of sweet talking all the investors and all the people involved with the uh, Newport did, group. Did she invite Tate? Because it was very bizarre to see Tate away from his boat. And why would he be there? She did say, so Kirsten talks to Tate and he says something along the lines of Julie. He's like, yeah, Julie invited me. She knows I can't stay away from an open bar, which I guess okay. just that's the reason. But like, he's not involved with the Newport group at all. Yeah, so I don't I, know why I, he yeah. was there. I would think that would be a bad take if he were there. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that he just makes her feel confident. So she wanted him there. Yeah. Um, You know, he kind of made her feel up to the job and just having him there made her feel even better about it. But Tate also kind of instills that same like. Uh, pep talk that he gave to Julie he kind of tells Kirsten the same thing like Julie is capable if you put her in the right position to succeed he's giving me big Luke towards the end of his tenure energy where he's just kind of hanging out by himself doing his own thing solving everyone's problems yeah he just like says something and everyone goes oh shit that's profound okay basically the part the wrap up to that is that Julie does her thing she saves whatever needs to be saved I don't really understand why they were in trouble in the first place but whatever was happening she fixed it by being flirty there is a line in there um, it's not as foul as uh, the only thing you paint is the ceiling but <laughs> I thought that you all might want to know whenever at one point I think someone refers to Kirsten's hollow leg oh I yeah I had to I, also I googled that as well so I did not know what that meant so here's what it means first of all hollow leg it's a noun and it's an ability or inclination to drink large quantities of alcoholic beverages especially mm-hmm. without evident drunkenness yeah I looked at the I've etymology before yeah so I looked at the etym I had neither I looked at the etymology of kind of hollow leg and when it was first used and so it comes from this idea that you know, having it's, it's but can I tell you, can idea. I tell you what I think it is because I didn't look this far into it. Yes, go. I think it's because it's like a, like an illusion or something to a reference to you being so drunk, but you don't look drunk because you're like able to walk straight and not stumble and things like that. So, like so I thought it was just a vessel. I thought it was just meant like your leg was a vessel, and I had heard hollow leg whenever people talk about how much someone eats. Also, so Chelsea is actually closer to the truth. So hollow leg comes I from quit. the idea. Uh, of like you know like you would say like oh man i'm so hungry good thing i have this second stomach so the idea is she's able to drink so much and put all this back because it's not actually going into her stomach it's going into her hollow leg which is filling up with alcohol so there you go this has been word minute so like if you stab her in the leg they would would just alcohol then you could just then you could just suck alcohol out of her wooden leg (laughs) welcome to pirate talk are like i mean it is kind of a w- weird and graphic <laughs> the paint the ceiling that randomly popped in my head last week and i was like i would have been perfectly happy if i went my whole life never hearing that phrase ever i would just say that if luke were in this episode he would absolutely be painting the ceiling yes <laughs> and yes. sucking on kirsten's leg he would be shotgunning her leg yes cocaine <laughs> oh, gross. He's 
guys. Oh, jeez. So like I said, Sandy had time to get dressed and go spy on Caleb, who was meeting with somebody, um, a red-haired woman. We will later come to know as Renee Wheeler. We don't. Mm-hmm. I don't even know exactly why he he knew. Like Sandy knew it was her because he like did a license check. Like he checked her her tag on her car. Um, but like I don't really understand why because her name was brought up earlier. But again, this is all business mm-hmm. stuff that I'm just like I don't know. But her name is yeah. important. Um, and and Caleb basically says like leave Renee out of this. Don't don't bring her into this. Stay away from this whole situation. Mm-hmm. We go back to the concert. Uh, we're back. We're seeing the killers. We've seen Brightside um they didn't play somebody told me they played um smile like you mean it smile like you mean it we Such got bright side um but i was this is really interesting to me is that i when we did our music episode i talked about how good the killers are live and like a big part of their live show and the reason they're so good is because brandon flowers is just fucking commanding the stage and in this episode he had absolutely no charisma at all <laughs> he was so like, boring this was such an early brandon flowers era this was like i call this his j crew era where he dressed like he was in a J. Crew ad, and then he—I feel like he didn't really start getting crazy until he started wearing like leather suit jackets, and then he just went, "Got it, yeah." Well, and yeah, it's funny it. because just in a few episodes before this one, we were talking about how incredible he is live and on stage, and what a spectacle he is. Chelsea, it, how it much of me have you tuned out? <laughs> <laughs> I just said all of that. <laughs> Oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is my new favorite episode of the show. I'm sorry. It's been a hard day, y'all. Ugh. Fast forward through all this. Ugh. I'm gonna leave all this said now. Um, no, 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 no. People will be like, "What's wrong with Chelsea?" He has That's the power. Right. I mean, yeah, I can get back to. I can get back at you for ignoring me, and it's gonna be in the episode. Oh my <laughs> God, I y'all gotta give me a break. I can't believe this? I've had the same. I've I've had this this operated on twice now. Twice. Oh, no. bodies are stupid is the point that we're trying to make here and if science can get you a new one go for it i feel great i'm deep in balls right now so i feel incredible (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so i'm not gonna (laughs) get your vaccines everyone yeah vaccine your (laughs) vaccine your balls balls. (laughs) okay Balls is a drink. B A W L S. Shout out to Balls. Um, okay. So Shout we are at balls. the concert. We're at the concert and it's going it's going uh chaotically. Um we have Alex and Ryan who are just literally not saying a word. They are standing next to each other, not even looking at each other. It's the most awkward thing. The uh the exact opposite of that is what Seth and Lindsay are doing, which is uh Seth not shutting the fuck up as per usual. Oh, it's um, so bad. Big Dylan <laughs> just talking her face off about Summer. Summer, who has now arrived to the concert with Zach. So there's a great intro uh, where Zach uh Zach and Summer are introduced to Alex and Lindsay. Marissa's also there. They all just happen to run into each other. They find each other like it's the end of Lost. Um they all find each <laughs> other and uh, um, <laughs> Marissa is also introduced to Alex, which if I'm, which is like kind of funny knowing what happens with them in the future. Oh yeah, there were some looks. Also, if I'm Marissa, I am so fucking jealous right now of, of Alex. Yeah. So Lindsay says something along the lines of like, "Oh, so do we just meet your ex girlfriends?" And Seth's line was, "Yeah, she was my shorty last year, but then she got served." <laughs> That's that is one of my favorite lines in this show. It's pretty good, specifically because of the weird ADR punch sound directly afterwards. Because he says that, and then he gets elbowed by Alex, and there's like an obnoxiously loud 
contact sound that they put in there for some reason. Like a Street Fighter punch sound. But yeah, solid line. <laughs> so just as much as uh, Seth is not being able to shut up about Summer, Summer, as we find out, is also not being is not able to shut up about Seth. She's talking Zach's face off about Seth stuff. Um, so Zach finally does the same thing that he did before where he says like, you need to figure this shit out. And like, he leaves, he's like, I'm out, which I'm, I love this. I'm on board with Zach. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is Zach's making all the right moves. Zach leaves. Summer's chasing after him. Seth is chasing after summer. Seth tries to get to say like, Hey, I want to talk to you. And she just shuts him down. Like she's been talking about him all night. I just Mm -hmm. felt like they were going to have a conversation. She's just like, Nope, go away. She's like, fuck off. Mm -hmm. So she just like shoes him off. And um, she goes and talks to, to Zach, who says, like, I'm going to go jump off the pier, which was a great, great That's line. Great so line funny. delivery by him. Yeah, that was funny. Um, I have a question. Why do we think that, like, Seth isn't um, attracted to Alex right off, right from the jump? Why, why does he see Lindsay and say, oh, good, hook me up with her? Like, is that just typical Seth laziness? Or, like, what, what do we think is going on? Because obviously... Olivia Wilde is striking. Like he had to walk into the club and go, "Oh, she's pretty." Once she's probably just way too intimidated by her. Like I think we all would be. Yeah, um, totally. Except Harry Styles, obviously. But um, mm-hmm. another part of it, because I actually thought about this, I had like a, I don't know how deep into my personal life we're gonna get, but like I had a situation <laughs> where I was like kind of in a thing with someone who was my boss, and it was like off limits because she's your boss. And then yeah. once she yeah. was not my boss, when we became close after she was my boss, but like, it's just the mm-hmm. thing there where it's like, she's in charge of me. I feel like that's off limits and you don't go there. Even if you're Seth. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, oh, okay. it's, it's a weird power dynamic. That makes, that makes a lot more that, that I didn't consider that. Um, but that makes way more sense than anything else that we could have thought of. Um, oh, the other question I was going to ask you guys is which date would you have hated more? The complete silence and nothing to say, or the person that you're with just will not shut up. Complete silence. The silence, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's so awkward. Oh, it's so awkward. Um, it's, it, it sounds it, a lot yeah. like doing a podcast with Chelsea. When I'm- <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're saying you need me? Is, is that's yeah. what I hear, Ryan? You, you, I hear. you know what? You've been upgraded to the Ryan Atwood chaperone of this oh, podcast. Yes, I um. There's a line that we forgot about since we just talked about Zach's excellent delivery of I'm going to go jump off the pier now. I think that he may have said this earlier on. I don't think it was in this moment, but at one point he gets really mad about the ducky thing and he goes, maybe we can make the ducky thing stop. And I think Summer goes, well, maybe we can get you another nickname. And Zach goes, okay, well, you know, well, what would it be? And Seth walks up right as she, right as Zach says that and Summer goes, Cohen and Zach goes, Well, it's a little early for that, don't you think? Or something like that. <laughs> oh my god. And I just love that yeah. delivery. He goes, It's a little too soon to be joking about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. So Seth runs after them. They have their little situation. Ryan tries to talk to Lindsay and she says this was the worst night of her life and that going on a date with Seth was somehow worse than the bombing of Iraq. Do you remember this? Yeah, he said she said something like the only uh, the only worst decision I can think about is the invasion of Iraq. Which, yeah, which works with her bumper stickers. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we know Lindsay. I I'm also pretty it. sure she says Iraq, which is not how I truly think someone like Lindsay would pronounce it. She would pronounce it correctly. She would know. So, say it. Uh, she would know it's Iraq and Iran. Ryan offers to give Lindsay. This was actually a good line. He's like, "Can I? Can I talk? Can I take you home? Or can I talk to you?" And she's like, "I've heard enough talking for tonight." Oh, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, that's pretty good." Uh, so she leaves. Witty. She's funny. I do. I like Lindsay. Uh, she leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I thought this was strange. I actually paused it to look at the amount of money. I mean, it was like $80 cash is what Alex paid the killers to perform at the pay shop. <laughs> she just gives them oh, like no. eight, like cash. It's like, great show, guys. And the dude who's like not even in the band anymore takes the money and leaves. But it's like 80 bucks, I think. Also, I don't, I don't understand this part, which I feel like is just like a continuity error. Is it when Seth says, do you want to come on this group hang? She's like, no, I don't want to hang. She goes, it's my night off. Why would I want to spend it with you? And he's like, well, it's a group hang and you're with Ryan and all this stuff. And so finally she says, okay, fine. I'll go and hang out with you guys. But like, also it's pretty obvious. She's the one that's like in charge of the club and the killers are playing and she's the one having to pay them. I noticed that exact same thing that she was like, that's my night off. Why don't I want to hang in then? But then she pays. So yeah, I noticed it too. So she pays the band. She pays the killers $80. Great show. Shout out Brandon Flowers. Um, <laughs> the next thing we see is Seth uh, talking to Alex and she gets like aggressively flirty with him. And I'm like, what is happening? How in the world is this happening? And she kisses him on the staircase. And I wrote, Alex kisses Seth. He has peaked. I do not understand. And what's great is he follows it up by asking her to eat ice cream with him. Hey. That's not bad. That wasn't as bad. They can't drink. Like, what are they? I don't know. That wasn't. Terrible. I guess that's true. It's not, it's not like it's like, okay, and obviously it's nighttime, so you can't go coffee. So I guess you're right. If you wanted to extend it, I guess it'd be the same as someone being like, oh, you want to go get a drink at Sonic? And she calls him out by saying, like, you really are a child, basically. Um, which I like. I like those jokes because they, they kind of show a self aware Seth. Because I think what are you, the joke was, what are you, seven? And then you'd say eight and three quarters. And then joke continued into this episode with the same thing. So good job with the continuity, JJ. So while the concert was happening, I forgot to mention that Marissa's kind of off on her own. And she runs into DJ, very weird scene, where she runs into DJ and says like, hey, you came to the concert. And he just goes, yeah, my friends had extra tickets, so I came. And then she goes, oh, okay, see you later. <laughs> and then she leaves, and that's it. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? Yeah, I was like, oh, that was weird. Um, clearly she's like kind of feeling rejected that he didn't go with her or for her i guess yeah or like seek her out or whatever but she does go off and do her thing which is sit alone at the sit beach on the and uh <laughs> yeah and stare off into the distance for god knows how many hours it's like a terrible episode of the real world like she just like looks wistfully out into the landscape but i mean she's she's very comfortable at home outside so i get it maybe that's how she sleeps <laughs> Oh, or maybe it's like, like instead Gandalf. of watching TV because she lives outside, she just watches the ocean instead. <laughs> Nature is my TV. <laughs> like DJ shows up, she's like, shut up, this is my favorite scene. <laughs> so DJ shows up and they have a moment and they make out and it seems like things are good. Like she seems really happy that he's there, which is like kind of con- contrast to where she was in episode one, where she was like trying to keep it a secret, like didn't want people to know they were a thing. I don't really yeah. remember what happens with him, but from if I'm a first time watcher, I think, oh, they're gonna date now. Um, and I really like DJ. I wrote, I ship Marissa and DJ. I'm on board with this. He seems good for her. Yep. Um, so they're kind of doing their thing, and uh, we also we also find out, uh oh, everyone, Lindsay's taking the bus. Lindsay has to, I guess, take the bus home from the bait shop. I I don't really understand. But the bus. I don't understand. She has a car. I know. I just, I don't get it. Planning on getting really lit or something? (laughs) (laughs) On Mountain Dew? Was she going to do the dew? That would have been such a fucking funny twist if, like, Lindsay just gets hammered. She becomes best friends with Marissa. Cooper blood. Yeah. Not Cooper. Nickel. It's that nickel blood. Uh, Oh, yeah. So. I guess Lindsay's taking the bus. She or her, her weird car couldn't make it all the way to the base shop. Um, (laughs) 
and Ryan finds her somehow, just finds her and on the street. and In a car that I've never seen before because he's in a truck. Again, don't know whose car. I don't know. In the car situation in the show is just out of control. Um, this is actually a really cool moment. It shows Ryan being kind of insecure, I guess. Because she says, I thought I was saying yes to you. Which is actually, this kind of validates the weird way he asked her out because we get this kind of payoff, I guess. Mm -hmm. She says, I thought I was saying yes to you asking me out. And he goes, well, I thought you would never go out with me because you think I'm dumb. So for Ryan to be like, I thought you would never go out with me is like really, I think, kind of cool. That he's like, you seem too good for me, essentially. Um, And then she says like, well, maybe I'm right. You are dumb because you thought I wouldn't go out with you. It was a great scene. It was a good scene. I like Lindsay a lot. Yeah. What's interesting is a line from the earlier episode that we didn't talk about is um, whenever they're kind of farting, fighting, sorry. Farting. She says like, farting. <laughs> we're all farting. God. Um, she, she has a line that says something like, God doesn't give with both hands or something like that. Take the A. And um, <laughs> it, yeah, take the A. And then he goes and he, and you know, that's the other thing. Whenever there is like meet cutes or some kind of scene between two high schoolers, it's always during science class. It's never during math class. And I only assume it's because during science labs, there's more natural like interaction. Like you think about Twilight and he like (laughs) doesn't like how, or really likes how Bella smells during science class. And they can like share a a microscope and that kind of thing. But whenever she says that God doesn't give it both hands, I assume that that's her telling him like, oh, you're hot, so you can't be smart also. I thought I knew what it meant in the moment, but now that you've said that, I think I don't know what it meant. I thought it meant, I thought it meant like, don't look a gift horse in the mouth for some reason. Like, just take the A. You don't have to do anything. Like, you can't have it both ways. Like, you can't work on it, but also have an easy A, I think. By the way, do you know the etymology uh, of that statement? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth? In the I, mouth? Don't, I don't care. You don't? You're gonna t- I know you're going to tell me anyway. You can tell how old a horse is by looking at its teeth. Okay. Oh, my God. Dylan is like the Ross Geller. Like, he has all these, like, weird, like, stories, and we're all like, okay. Here's the thing. You both and every listener is going to remember two things from this episode, what a hollow leg is and what don't look a gift horse in the mouth is. So I will I live mean, on true. forever in the minds of the children. I've been thinking oh, about Muzak for like weeks yes. now. So I mean, <laughs> I am the king. I, you know what? New Dylan is gonna be a prick. That's what I've decided. Wow, there's a real heel turn from Dylan tonight. Hey, you know I'm what? Me. God doesn't give with both hands, buddy. <laughs> okay. Which I was trying to find etymology of that. So well, no, good it's thing. From uh, the good thing the episode is over because uh, we can we can end this. But um, <laughs> just wait till that second dose comes. It ends with uh, Ryan and Lindsay. Did they make out? I don't know if they made out or not. I can't remember. But it's a good montage of Ryan and Lindsay hanging out. Um, Alex and Seth hanging out. Marissa and DJ hanging out. I think maybe Summer and Zach were in there. Anyway, it's set to the U2 song. Summer, um, Summer shows Zach like the box set of The Valley. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, oh, yeah. I wrote Zach watches The Valley. U2 plays. It's sometimes you can't make it on your own. It's a montage. Um, that, was, that was really cool because U2, that album had just come out like mm-hmm. that was a new u2 song i don't know if it was premiered on the oc like the beastie boys was but it was like very very new so to, to have like a band as big as u2 have a brand new song on a show like the oc was like a big deal yeah out of the four out of the four new characters uh, four new love interests um who do you guys like the best i want to say dj just because i know the least about him yeah yeah that's a de- that's a I mean, Lindsay is probably DJ and Lindsay. I really like both of them. I mean, I like Zach's fine. He's he's too perfect. I think. Um, 
and Alex seems out of place. I feel like Lindsay is kind of almost a, I don't want to say a proto Taylor Townsend because we've already had a Taylor Townsend, but like that sort of energy sort of gives me Taylor Townsend vibes in a good way. And I feel like I like Lindsay more kind of like Ryan said on this watch through. Maybe it's because as we always say on the show, I'm watching this in my thirties and it seems like Lindsay kind of has her act together. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I like Lindsay, I think for the same reason I like Zach and it's just that they're solid characters. They're just straight, straight up almost there to show all the other stuff that's going on is ridiculous. Like the Seth and Summer stuff is ridiculous. And so we have the character of Zach that's pretty much acting like a Greek chorus for us saying, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. I would be confused and upset too. And He's Lindsay the is kind of the straight man same way. of the group. Um, yeah. But I don't know. The thing that, the only thing that bugs me about Lindsay, and I really like her as a character, and obviously she has lots of other ties that we'll learn about here within the next few. But I just, I don't buy that Ryan would want to date her. Um, Ryan's hmm. type um, just doesn't seem to align with that at all. She is um, an aunt. From what we know about him so far, you know? I don't know what Ryan's type is, though. Like, it's Teresa and Marissa are the only two we have to, like, look at. And it's like, I, Teresa and I feel like he likes. Lindsay. I don't know. I feel like he likes because we also have that girl Caleb dated. Like, yeah. she was just hot, though. Like, that kind of trumps, like a type oh okay i can see that i don't know she just seemed she just was kind of just kind of a dork like i don't know i feel like i honestly feel like marissa is like the one that i can't believe that ryan dated like that that i remember when they first started hooking up i remember mentioning on the show like it was so weird to see ryan go from brooding chino kid that like can barely form a sentence and so introverted to suddenly he's like dating the prom queen yeah yeah. I don't know. I guess that that's the only type I see him with is like super prom queen people. And, you know, Lindsay's a bit like, I don't, am I allowed to say this without getting like the feminist sicked on me? But like, she's, she's kind of plain looking and I'm going to bleep that out. So it makes it seem like you said something way worse. You're allowed oh. to say that Ryan and I are not allowed to respond. Okay. That's the rule. I mean, she's obviously a pretty girl. Well, but that, no, that like, that was when I said I like Lindsay more this time around. I think it's because I, re- yeah. I recognize that like when she, when I was a child watching the show. She was not as hot as Marissa or Summer. But now as an adult, I can look at the show and be like, oh, she's like really pretty and she's really cool. Yeah. She she she, has, she she cares about things. She does care about things, but she is kind of stiff. Like she doesn't have a good sense of humor, I don't think, even though she's witty herself. I think, she has, I think she's funny. But she doesn't mean to be funny, though. You know what I mean? Like she, she puts together sentences fast because she's a witty person. But I don't think that she's someone that you'd hang out with and just like laugh out loud, have fun with. Yeah, but so when he yeah. when it's Ryan's trying to set Seth up with her, and Ryan's like, "You don't want to date her. She's just she's like kind of uh, she, compl- she." I don't remember what he says about her, but he's basically like, "She's a lot." And Seth is like, "No, that's my type. That's exactly what I want." And I feel like it might just be a Jewish thing because I feel the same way. I'm, I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of in that same boat. So sorry, Chelsea. Know. Oh, sorry. I guess I'm super you just... wrong about this. I don't know. I'll be real. I think she. I I did. I mean, <laughs> like, like, she was I'll be funny. real. I haven't paid attention to anything in the last hour. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I will say this, Chelsea. I will say this in your defense. Um, I think that like whenever my sister watched the show, she thought Lindsay was annoying and almost seemed like she was full of herself. And you sort of get that impression early on where she's like, I only came here so I could load up on AP courses. And it's almost like she's overwritten to be that kind of a person. Mm. Um, she just doesn't and... seem like any fun. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm way more attracted to characters like you know, Summer, and even Zach seems like he'd be fun to hang out with. Obviously, we're all obsessed with Luke for that reason. 
I think we even like Caleb because we all sense that if we went to dinner with Caleb, it would probably be a lot of fun. He'd probably say some things that we thought were ridiculous, you know, and like Lindsay just seems really like stiff and serious and like that's a good that's actually a really good point she of, mm-hmm. of everyone we're talking about she's the one i would least want to hang out with i think you were right about that. maybe I, mean, I don't know what it is but like i mean thinking about it now i get the boring thing where it's kind of like the only fun that comes out of it is like accidental fun if you will yeah and it's like, all the, the things that the why we think is funny is she was not trying to crack a joke or be silly it yeah, came out of her and, mouth and as an observer it was kind of amusing to watch and maybe that's just simply because the, the appeal to her is that we haven't really had a female character in the show who's like this yet. And I would argue that Summer kind of, when she becomes that kind of a character in intelligence and wittiness wise, while still retaining that playful quality that is Summer, which is why I think all of us love Summer so much, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the show as a whole. But maybe that's what's so appealing about the character of Lindsay. I mean, especially when you put her up as a foil against Alex and put her up as a foil against Marissa. She does bring kind of that that third flavor into the mix. Like Taylor Townsend was brilliant and high achieving, but Taylor was really funny, too, and seemed like, she, you know, after after that first initial, um, you know, six episodes or whatever it is she kind of eased into something that like would be fun to hang out with. Yeah. Well, she did the same thing as Luke where she becomes from the villain to like the fan favorite, I think, mm-hmm. which we'll get to that late, way later on. I don't know. With the, with Lindsay, I think as a dude, I just feel like there's something about like a mysterious girl where you're like, okay, we've seen a lot of her, but we also don't know anything about her. Yeah. Like wh- who is this girl? So she's like mysterious. And there's something about, I also think there's something about a mysterious girl that is very also serious, mysterious and serious mm-hmm. that if you can like get them to kind of, open up or like break or like make jokes and that's like the best feeling for like men who are very um insecurely attached it's the dude mm-hmm. version of whenever girls are like into bad boys oh interesting there's the chelsea i've been waiting for oh, <laughs> oh. she, oh, she listened to you dylan Dylan's Dylan's ideas. well yeah that is the end of episode four of season two of the OC. And episode two of we did show. we made it and episode two of Keeping Up with the Coens. This was a this is a fun one. I'm gonna edit most of it out. It's gonna be a seven minute episode. Oh, oh yeah. my god, it's Chelsea yep. on a painkiller, just being confused. <laughs> just just for reference, I am truly curious, and you can cut this out if you want. But just so we know, my recording is at one hour fifty five minutes and twenty six <laughs> seconds right now. So we'll see how long the episode actually is, but. It's, not gonna be it's an art form. How do you even know? Mine's at 3,400 seconds. I don't know how to change it. Anyway, we'll figure it out. All right, that's <laughs> it for us. If you want to talk to us, you can email us, coenspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram. We are there a lot. Chelsea's doing a good job over there. At coenspod, C-O-H-E-N-S-P-O-D. Uh, find us over there. And uh, yeah, you guys have I'm, anything else you want to say? I'm going to try to make a TikTok a week. We'll see it. Maybe that's ambitious. But I'm I'm feeling like a TikTok. I am... <laughs> I have uh hi I am hiring two new people this week. Um I am like, you know, trying to loosen up my daily demand so I can be creative and do silly things like make TikToks. Your first TikTok killed it. So good. That yeah. was that's mm-hmm. that's the kind of content that we need. Make sure you check it out at our um, on Cohen's Pod on Instagram. But also perhaps the best thing you can do for us as a we show about the OC is to give us ratings. And if you're feeling extra generous, give us reviews. We would prefer five stars, but honestly, we just want people talking about what they like about the show. 
So please, in your spare time, maybe whenever you sign up for the vaccine and you have to wait for 15 minutes afterwards to make sure mm-hmm. you don't pass that's out, that's yep. the exact perfect amount of time for you to hop on iTunes, give us five stars, cinq étoiles, and then just write us something nice. You know, like, man, Dylan is really boring on that show. I wonder why Ryan is so nice. Man, Dylan seems like a prick. Dylan is really in jail. Man, Dylan seems like a girl boss. Good job, Ryan. Or whatever you want, but that's the best way you can help our show. I'm going to chop that up to make you say bad things about yourself. <laughs> All right, that's it. Uh, we'll see you guys next uh, next Wednesday for episodes five and six of season two of the OC. This is no longer a box set rewatch. So uh, we'll see you for episodes five and six. Um, I think that's it for us. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.